0: This is the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. 103.7 The Game's exclusive pro wrestling podcast. Making his way to the podcasting ring. Hailing from the heart of Cajun country. It's me. It's me. It's the world famous CD. Let's ring the bell and get this party started off right. And welcome everyone to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. Episode number 51. And we got a... A little bit of another mini episode because I was going to do nights one and two of NXT Takeover, but you know things happen. Wasn't able to watch that in its entirety, at least not yet. I'm um, probably as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go ahead and watch that bad boy and go enjoy some pro professional wrestling on my weekend. So hopefully you are doing the same as well as is WrestleMania week, and I am all the way here for that. Hopefully you're enjoying. Yourself, however you're doing, son. and appreciate you listening to the Gage Strong Style Podcast. Without further ado, let's get into NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. We're also going to introduce something brand new to the podcast. Because, well, I actually came up with this earlier today. So this will be for NXT TakeOvers, WWE, AEW, and even Impact Pay-Per-Views or anything else that I see that I feel like is worth kind of really talking about in terms of a... Really good matches, New Japan, big shows. Not not every single Super Junior show. This is in Dave Meltzer style. Maybe I can get a newsletter going every week. Then I can do some of that stuff. But we'll save that for a little bit further down the road. Let's go ahead and get to NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1. And they delivered a great event from start to finish in my mind. And I'll did this all within a two-hour and five-minute window. First off, full disclosure, I watched this on Peacock on the replay. I was originally wanting to watch it like last night. But just couldn't. My I was just dead tired. By the time I got back to the humble abode, so hopefully you know I'm able to kind of bounce back and really get things going. Meanwhile, let's kind of start things off with the match between Kashida and Pete Dunne opening up the contest, and this was one hell of a opener. First off, love the set for NXT Takeover: The Skull Minitron, a great visual. Right off the bat, I was just hooked and the opener really helped matters. Just absolutely loved this. and Kushida start off with a nice test of strength here. It was straight into some really good catch wrestling. If you love technical wrestling, this was an absolute banger of a match. Only real knock was that it was just a little bit too short. It was definitely much of a you know arm bars and headlocks and holds. Which, again, I've mentioned this in the past. If you're into that kind of stuff, great. If you're not this is going to be a struggle for you to truly, like, get into and deep dive. Because it, 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 it's, a require, it's an acquired taste, not a required taste. But this is a really solid opener, start to finish. They had some different arm submissions throughout, kept trying to work the arm. And then at one point, here's how the finish went. Done when up taking Kashida's digits, stomped on him, stomped on his fingers, then hit a big right sold the paint on it, you know, Kashida did, Dunn took him down, and then hit him with the bitter end to get the win about 10 minutes, 38 seconds, a lot shorter than it. Sh- than I think it should have been. But again, it's a two-hour show. What are you going to do? You can't have a 20-, 30-minute match and have that be every match of the night because that's going to be a long, bleeping show. So you got to deal with that. This is a really solid match. And for me, I think, you know, the speed of which, I'm going to go ahead... And give it for Budans. Yes, we're doing star ratings, but instead of stars, it's a Budan rating. Of course, it's cage and strong style. Want to have a little fun with it? Six man gauntlet eliminator match is the next thing that comes up. And honestly, I'm never a huge fan of these multi man, you know, almost a royal rumble because this is like when I was seeing, it, I was like immediately thinking, you know, this is gonna be like a gauntlet match where, and it's gonna be a longer match. But then I'm like, how are they gonna fit all that within a two hour show? And they explain the rules. Which I didn't realize—it's essentially a smaller Aztec Warfare. You only had six guys involved. Shout out to Lucha Underground for bringing that thing back and making that a thing, where you had a battle royal, but nobody—but you could—you only get eliminated by pinfall or submission. So good stuff from them. Basically, this was a smaller version of that. Leon Ruff and Swerve Scott entered the match first, and they're going at it really good. Early start. Ruff at one point and then fighting before the match even started, rough fights back. Ruff had a really cool spot right out the gates, went for a big move, but swerved, moved out of the way, and Ruff land kinda landed in that little gap between the barricade and the plexiglass and they kept brawling. Eventually they finally got in the ring. It was a really good cruiserweight type of match. And again, the crowd really had matters the way they were cheering, getting things going. They were great. Here you know, it was great to see that. It was weird to see it in conjunction with the, the virtual fans, but you know what? It is what it is. We'll live. The fact we're getting wrestling and we're getting it live with fans in the stands, that's a step in the right direction. It's baby steps. But it just felt like some return to normalcy, some form of normalcy was back in pro wrestling. After the first four-minute period ends, Bronson Reed enters the match against a much more diminutive Scott and Ruff, which is definitely a big part of the story early on. Then you have Reed early on, like within the first like 20 seconds, hits the stalling vertical suplex Rough hits a crossbody on Scott to really leave him laying. And then Reed basically took care of Scott. Squashed him like a bug twice. Ugh. And it's something I was like, I would have loved to see that be a finish. We said, something I, my dad always told me. Whenever he see like all Big Show or Greg Holly or something like that, face off against Ray Mysterio, he was like, why doesn't he just sit on him? That's all he would say every time he'd see that kind of match. And honestly, he, never, he, didn't, he didn't watch this. He's probably never going to watch this. But... It worked. He probably could have gotten a pinfall on on him early on, but nope. Not part of the story. They both try a German suplex, but nothing doing. Reed just grabs one of them and flies both of them with a double German suplex. Again, he had a lot of really good featured spots. It was something I was kind of surprised about, especially during the finish. But I was blown away by what he was able to put together early on. After the time period between entrance. Is done. We get the Bitcoin king himself, Cameron Grimes. He clears the ring of the big man, also kind of takes care of business. Scott and Grimes focus on Ruff. Apart for Grimes throwing money on Ruff after he got crushed in the corner, basically Grimes basically bought Scott to go ahead and say, hey, you're going to help me get that opportunity in night two. Dexter Loomis comes out. He makes his entrance, but then all of a sudden out of nowhere, something happens. Scott eliminates Ruff like two seconds later. Loomis cleans house, takes care of business. L.A. Knight makes his debut and starts talking trash as he makes his way to the ring. But Bronson Reed stops the jaw jacking and starts beating the hell out of the heel once again. These two have been feuding for a while. This is another thing that kind of threw me off. Again, this is just the fact you had it on Simulcastle in USA. But during the picture-in-picture they did, the not-quite-restaurant quality, I guess, picture-in-picture, it muted for like four or five seconds when they switched to break. It muted. It was just very weird. As again, it's something that's gonna I'm going get used to. But you know, Knight gets some of his heat back, and surprisingly, eliminated Dexter Lewis with a quick roll up. Then the rest of the combatants basically were like, hey okay, let's go ahead and beat the hell out of this guy who just got in the ring, and make L.A. Knight look even more like a geek." And honestly, I'm, I'm loving it because he was getting his comeuppance. Everybody started hitting their finish, and then. Bronson Reed finishes it off and eliminates him after a big boy senton for the three count. Loomis then puts the sleeper hold on Knight at ringside. He goes, night, night, great stuff right there. And then this over deliver for me? Because, again, multi-man stuff isn't always great, but they put it all together here. Reed shined throughout with great spots. Swerve Scott looked great as well. He eliminated you know Grimes with a handful of tights. And now we're down to Swerve and Bronson Reed, the colossal man himself, and Swerve City. This was so damn good. Scott wound up at one point dropping Reed almost like a power slam off the top rope. Thank you, got him off of the top rope. That was kick-ass in and of itself. And at this point, this was the match went from good to great. And then Reed took over towards the end of the match, eventually winning after a tsunami, basically a big splash off the top rope. It's still probably the weakest match in my book. is again. It's. I have I just don't like the multi man matches to determine who's going to face the other guy at night too. It's it's a, it's a classic booking gimmick, especially stuff like PWG or or ROH back when they used to do two day shows. I get why they do it, but at the end of the day, I didn't necessarily need to see that. You could have had possibly you know LA Knight take on Dexter Loomis one on one for that fight, which then I'd be more than okay with it. It's just. It wasn't my cup of tea, but this was so much fun to watch. A battle royal that ends with Bronson Reed, of all people, winning. That was a step in the right direction. I liked it. Then we get to the NXT United Kingdom Championship, Tommaso Ciampa versus Walter. And let me just say this. I don't think I talk about him enough. Walter's entrance is absolutely the best thing in wrestling right now. It's simple, but so damn good. Great storytelling throughout because Walter at one point crushed the announce table inside the Table itself, not the entire table, but it's the board that covered that has you know NXT Takeover, Stand and Deliver, Night One, or WB Raw. Like he just absolutely slammed that thing down on it, and that basically was the big story the rest of the way because his hand was absolutely hurting after that point. And the fact that we got that, that was freaking cool, and I'm not gonna lie, that surprised me, and the way it just hit. And, you know, him, he's absolutely just hurting at all times. And, you know, Champa's attacking that arm. Attacking that hand throughout the fight. Really solid stuff from this point on. Hard hitting as hell. It's exactly what you expect from these two. You know, Champ at one point hitting the air raid off the rope during the... You know he just did the air raid. Not on the rope. He did it later on off the second rope for two. Which was amazing. They just went all out here. But Vader retained... Vader, listen to me. Walter retained after a really big, just old fashioned chop with the bad hand. And then just, he just landed on him and that was it. Three count. Loved this match. Fantastic finish. Puts over Walter huge. And I, I again, it doesn't look force a pitfall. Cat was knocked out. He already had his hand just hurting beyond a certain point. So he's like, I need to go ahead and get out of here and rest up. And it's like, because I've got another match tomorrow on NXT UK. The, the fact they did all that was amazing. This was a really good 16-minute contest. I give it five boudins. It might be the more controversial rating we have, but five boudins got to go to Tommaso Ciampa and Walter, A f- instant classic. Then we get to Taya Valkyrie, a video package for her. Now she's called Frankie Monet, and it's F-R-A-N-K-Y. I thought that was kind of weird, but it was pretty cool to see that. But I can't wait for her to be a featured player in NXT because she is going to be a star, I think, in about three four months. She won't be a champion for a while, but she's going to be somebody to definitely watch. At least that's is what I hope. Hopefully it's not a... LA Night type situation where they've already made him look like a major geek. And then we get to the NXT Tag Team Championship matches. a triple threat for the vacant tag titles MSK versus Grizzled Young Veterans versus Legato del Fantasma. And Legato del Fantasma was getting over a lot of people. They had to pipe in booze because apparently they're the coolest guys on the roster, according to a lot of people, which honestly I can get. But at the same time, MSK has proved themselves to be probably the most over tag team right now. It was so good here from start to finish. I mean, if you love like these X Division, you know, car crash matches, this was for you. This was a masterpiece and a master class. And I put together a really good match from start to finish if you love high flying. So much happened here, hard to keep track of throughout this match. I'll go ahead and kind of pull up some quick thoughts I had on that. You know, so many double drop kicks and double team moves. At one point in the match, you have, you know, a great submission spot where Wesley's kind of not allowing his tag team partner to tap out. And it's a very similar to the revival match against DIY, but I think that was what they were going for, and that was really good. And then the momentum turned around, and then you know they wound up getting the win, barely, but they got the win with a double blockbuster. So Wesley. And Nash Carter, MSK, your new tag team champions in NXT. I give it four and a half links to Bune. This was a really fun, hard-hitting, fast-paced contest. If you if you love it, like again, if you love the X Division style, this was for you. I wish some of this match could have been longer, but you know what? It is what it is. And I'm just surprised at the fact they didn't let this be a chase. I had I had them picked, but I was more surprised about it than I thought I would be. Then we get to the main event, and this is, like the big story is, some of the matches wound up going a little bit longer, so this didn't get nearly enough time. 12 minutes, 55 seconds was the length of the main event between Raquel Gonzalez and Io Shirai, and Shirai immediately went for Gonzalez, like right before even they finished the ring announcements. Raquel wound up just taking over, really using her power to really establish dominance in the early outset of the match. Dakota Kai eventually was ejected from ringside pretty quickly, After she had some little interference, ref just basically over the top. I love the fact they do that, by the way. The way they do the -the over-the-top ejection gimmick, absolutely. Just keep doing that. I would love to see more of that kind of stuff. Because that's, I don't know why, just entertaining to me to watch. But hopefully you've been enjoying some of these matches that WWE's been putting together, especially in the black and yellow brand. They've had some bangers. And this one was no different so crazy to see some of the spots they were doing. Even Io Shirai wound up jumping off the top of the skull set, crashing down on Gonzalez. And the fact they had like about 50 replay angles of that put over this match even more in my eyes. And Again, maybe I'm just thinking about it a lot more as a fanboy. But damn, if I wasn't sports entertained there. At one point, they, and they go back. And again, every angle made it look like she fell like 30 feet whenever it was more like 20. Great touch putting out all those replay angles because I'm sure they are gonna use those for montages down the road. But so cool. Then you have Gonzalez kicking out of the moonsault. Later on she takes her eye, throws her down with a power bomb, the one arm power bomb in the ring, and then she does it again no she did it on the outside of the ringside. Then it was the finish was Gonzalez hitting the power bomb in the middle of the ring. We have a new NXT women's champion. Well deserved Raquel I mentioned a while back that she is absolutely a star of the future in the black and yellow brand, NXT is going to be loving to have her be the champion for a while. And it's a four and a half link booting type match for me, just in my star rating. Could have been a little bit longer, but that's my only real quote-unquote complaint. And also it was interesting to see how you know Peacock was taking care of the on-demand section, or the replay version of TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1, because it wound up going like 15 extra minutes on there, but it was people just saying, oh wait, you're, the event has concluded. That's what they put. This is going to take some time, right? This is going to take some time. Hopefully, once we get past WrestleMania, they can start improving some things. I mean, hell, they're starting to drop tons of episodes of of Raw. They've dropped a lot of the pay-per-views. I mean, they've got a ton of ECW stuff. I think they're almost done putting up all the ECW pay-per-views. And then WWE, they're nearly done with that. Got the even Insurrections made its way into the mix. I'm loving the fact we're getting more of this stuff. Hopefully, we're getting closer to having a full-blown just... Archives because I'd miss that stuff. But that's going to be how I do it for this edition of the Cage Drunk Style podcast. Coming, coming at you tomorrow with a new edition and the final one of WrestleMania Week. Until then, talk to you later.